Hey everyone, welcome to Grace for a Mom's Heart. This is a short devotional for moms who want to grow in their knowledge of God's Word and its application toward motherhood. Most of you know that I do this particular podcast every other week, and then on the off weeks, I do just a normal podcast about lots of different topics like... um, you know, that relating to motherhood, relating to homeschooling and marriage and anxiety, um, all kinds of different topics. So I, if you haven't listened to any of those, I encourage you to go and check those out. And if you're enjoying these particular uh, devotional podcasts, if you would just leave a comment or message me or leave a review or something from wherever you're listening, I would greatly appreciate it. The other day I was praying again about whether I should continue with the devotionals or not. And I felt like the Lord was confirming that I should keep moving forward with those. And as I went to go check my phone a little bit later, there was a message from a mom out there who decided to message me and let me know that she was really appreciating the devotionals and wanted me to keep doing them. So that was a great, uh, great timing there. It was good to hear that I was on the right track and following the Lord's lead. But um, one thing that you've noticed, if if you've been listening to the devotional podcast, you'll know that I've been in the Psalms since we started. I have done Psalm 1 all the way through Psalm 9. We have studied all of those Psalms together, and it's been great. But God has uh, led me to jump ahead to Psalm 116. Now, my kind of type A personality struggled with that just a little bit because I like to do things in order. But you know, when God reveals himself to you, you can't wait till you get to Psalm 116 to share that particular word because I feel like it's a timely word. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and move forward with diving into Psalm 116. It's kind of like, um, you know, As Christians and as Christian moms, we really need to do that thing that the Bible talks about where you're iron sharpening iron. And what that means to me is when God reveals something to you, share it with another mom friend because you don't know what kind of encouragement that could possibly uh, give that other mom, not even knowing uh, where she is or what her circumstances are. This happened to me recently when I was visiting with my friend Vicki, and she was just simply sharing with me some quotes from a biography on Oswald Chambers that she had been reading. She had read the book and she had written these quotes down and she was just sharing them with me. And they were so rich and so full. And I ended up really pondering those and meditating on them for uh, quite a while after that. So don't be afraid to share with other moms the things that God is revealing to you. Guys, this is how we're going to really spur one another on to love and good works. When I know that my friend Vicki is loving the Word of God and he's revealing himself to her in it, I want to be in the Word of God. Or if she's read a really good book that's been particularly inspirational, I want to do that too because that's how we encourage each other. So... That being said, today I'm going to share with you sort of a fresh word that God gave me recently, and uh, it was really an eye-opener. You guys, God is so good, and He is so faithful. When we ask Him specific questions, He is so good to answer specifically, and that's what He did for me in this particular situation. I woke up one morning recently with a struggle that I'm not sure I ever had before. I was pondering 
all that God has done on our behalf through Jesus and wondering if I'm faithfully walking out my gratefulness for the magnitude of what that gift, uh, of that gift that he acquired for me. Now, it's not that I thought that I necessarily needed to repay him. It's just that when I thought about the lengths that the Lord has gone to secure my salvation and our salvation as believers and our eternal life, I wondered if I was taking hold of all that he had for me. Now, if you've been a Christian for very long, you probably have heard that our faith isn't based on works, but but that our works show our faith, right? They show that we have faith. This is discussed in the book of James. That actually can get a little bit confusing at times. I've even heard it explained, believed it myself, and told my children that we show our gratitude for all he has done by doing what is right. I'm sure that there's some truth to that, but it can be really easy to transition from there into a mindset of quote-unquote repaying God or trying to repay Him for all that He has done. It only seems to make common sense, right? Well, not completely. We are told over and over in the scriptures that our faith is based on grace alone. It is secured by grace alone. You can look that up in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So how do we reconcile some of these other thoughts that seem to resonate so much with logical thinking? Why wouldn't there need to be some sort of like how, uh, payment back to God? How can I give back to him for all that he's done? Okay, so that's the logical thinking here that we're talking about and trying to reconcile. So, And these were the thoughts that were flying around in my mind in no particular order and with no answer in sight. So I did what I often actually forget to do. I asked God what the deal was. How does this all fit together? How do I, in the words of Paul, lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me? That's in Philippians 3.12. So let's start out just reading through Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant. 
born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Don't you just love that? Let's look at verses one and two first. Why does the psalmist pray? What reason does he give? Because he should? Because he's good at it? No. His reason for praying is because God hears and he actually bends down to listen. That's it. He bends down to listen. That picture in my mind says that he cares. He really wants to hear everything that I have to say to him. So that's why the psalmist prays, because God hears and he actually bends down to listen. It's because of his faithfulness, God's faithfulness that we pray. Isn't that awesome? In verse six, he declares that God protects those of childlike faith. As moms, it is not hard to picture what childlike faith looks like. It's essentially embracing neediness and smallness. You know, a child doesn't a child doesn't uh, isn't sorry for needing us. They just do, and they're okay with that. Childlike faith is humbly and simply accepting that he is God and we are not. And this kind of faith can alleviate a lot of anxiety. Okay, now we're going to get into the bottom. We're going to get to the bottom of this idea that I talked about earlier of payment to the Lord. In Psalm 116, 12, the psalmist actually talks about its uh, rendering to the Lord. Now, what exactly does that mean? Render means to provide or give back to. This is very interesting because it doesn't. It didn't say that in this particular translation. I use the uh, New Living Translation typically, but if you look in the King James Version, that word "render" is used, and it it reads like this: "What shall I render, provide, or give unto the Lord for all His benefits towards me?" Do you hear what he's saying? It's it's sounding pretty close to paying back, doesn't it? And that, again, makes so much sense to our human nature. But let's dig a little deeper. One of my favorite things to do when I want a broader and deeper understanding of Scripture, particularly the Psalms, is to do a search on my computer with the particular passage that I'm studying, along with the words John Piper. Most of you know that he is a theologian and a pastor, but I have found that he so often has much more background on the passage, and many times he ties it into the New Testament, which I love because it gives us that perspective from the whole of Scripture. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before, but we are to study the Scriptures. We, we dissect it, and we break it down, and we study pieces of it down to the, you know, the words and what they mean, but we also look at it 
as um, in comparison to the whole of Scripture, how it fits into that big picture. And so, John Piper does that beautifully often with the Psalms. And so, I will uh, go and uh, search that passage and put his name next to it. And that's what I did with Psalm 116. And what I found out, you guys, seriously, it nearly took my breath away because here God answered my prayer. I did not expect him to answer so soon, so quickly and so clearly, but you guys, this is so good. Um, What I'm going to do here is I'm going to share some quotes from his talk on this chapter in Psalms, and then I'm going to expound a little bit on them um, and maybe talk a little bit about the application towards motherhood. So hang on to your hats, you guys. This is so good. So the first quote uh, that that I wrote down uh, referencing this particular Psalm was this, none of my work can ever be a payment to God because the very work is another gift from God. I'm going to say that again. None of my work can ever be a payment to God because the very work is another gift from God. Do you hear that? We cannot outgive God. The work that we get to participate in is a gift. You guys, it is a gift to do this ministry of motherhood as unto him. Why? Because the very fact that we get to participate is not a right, it is a privilege. We have been blessed with children. These are his creation, the work of his hands intricately weaved and fashioned together to care for and to raise for his glory. Just ask any woman who has struggled with infertility or lost a baby. You guys, these children are a gift. The enemy is really good at distracting us from that fact and trying to get us to forget and to filter our daily things through the fact that these children are a gift. I have a podcast that I did about whether children are a blessing or a burden. And I uh, share with you... uh, why um, we chose to look at our children as a blessing and how that changed our perspective day to day. So I would encourage you to go listen to it. But uh, these children are a gift for many reasons, but I believe one of the biggest ones is because of the great things that God does in our lives through motherhood. All the ways that he shows himself faithful to meet us in our weakness to even be made strong in our weakness. So to continually ask him to strengthen us in this work is exactly what he wants from us. It's not a burden to him, but rather it glorifies him. The next quote that I want to share is this. The payment rendered in Psalm 116 is really just another act of receiving which magnifies the ongoing grace of God. I'm going to read that one more time. The payment rendered in Psalm 116 is really just another act of receiving, which magnifies the ongoing grace of God. The very word that would indicate payment, you guys, actually refers to an act of receiving. 
we pay God back by receiving even more grace. Just when you thought you were coming to the bottom of the grace barrel, this is our God pouring out grace upon grace. There is no bottom of the grace barrel. And we actually glorify him by going back to receive more and more and more grace. That means that no matter how much we feel like we are messing up this mom thing and having to go back again, we can freely keep coming back for yet more grace. The next quote that I want to share is this, to pay back the Lord means this, to go on receiving from the Lord so that the Lord's inexhaustible goodness will be magnified. Again, to pay back the Lord means to go on receiving from the Lord so that the Lord's inexhaustible goodness will be magnified. Wow, he is magnified in our continual receiving of grace. This is so incredibly polar opposite to the ways of this world, but that just shows the unrelenting love and faithfulness of this God that we belong to. He will finish this work that he has started in us. The next quote Lifting up the cup of salvation signifies taking the Lord's satisfying salvation in hand, drinking it, and expecting more. I think I might know what you could be thinking right now, and that's this. That someone could use these statements as reasons to sin and keep on sinning. But Paul addressed that in the New Testament. Romans 5, 20 and 21 to uh, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, they kind of run together, says this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So these thoughts that I have shared from John Piper are in answer to the original question that I asked at the beginning of this devotional. How do I faithfully walk out my gratefulness for the magnitude of the gift of salvation that was acquired for me? Not just salvation, you guys, but redemption as well. Here's the answer. This is how I repay. I continue to go back and receive grace, grace, and more grace. One more quote from John Piper. What shall I render the Lord for graciously answering my call? I will call again. We so often feel that there is a limit on what we can ask God for or the number of times we can cry out for help. But this passage is proclaiming the complete and total opposite. By walking this out, we humble ourselves and we pay tribute to the fact that he needs nothing from us. And it shows that we have faith 
in the fact that His all-sufficient grace is always on the way. Never-ending grace. Let's dig a little deeper with a few questions. Do you have areas in your life that you feel like God is tired of hearing about and tired of dealing with? Based on what you have read today, can you begin, I guess based on what you heard today, can you begin to fully trust God with those areas? Are you willing to go back to Him again and again, trusting in His all-sufficient grace? Are you catching a vision for how God is going to use motherhood in your life to show what a good, good God He really is? Grace upon grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace, for your mercies. Lord, your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you that for every day you have fresh mercies and you have grace for us. Lord, help us to go back again and again and again and again through each day, keeping our gaze upon you, our hope in you. Help us to walk this grace out that you paid such a high price for, God. Thank you for this grace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.